Churchpreneurs Podcast. My name is Richard Moore. I'm your host and informant for everything church, theology, and faith-related. Churchpreneurs' vision is to accelerate the church in mission, vision, and effectiveness in fulfilling the Great Commission in our communities. Churchpreneurs hopes to embolden people to fulfill the Great Commission beyond their own borders into the rest of the world within this generation. In this podcast, I talk about everything that's moving me in relation to church theology and hopefully to empower you in your ministry, church, Bible study, theological understanding, and most importantly, your personal growth in Christ. Today, uh, I want to address the elephant in the room, as it were. There's been a a rash of uh, moral failures within high-profile pastors in the evangelical world, uh, not just pastors, but but leaders as well, Um, in the past, uh, let's say, six months to a year. And uh, not just uh, moral failures like uh, adultery or, or, or the things, things like that, but uh, uh, one uh, leader uh, that, uh, let's say, the elephant in the room, um, uh, many of you may have heard of it already, um, Ravi Zacharias, noted apologist, longtime apologist, and uh, public speaker in forums defending the faith, defending Christianity, and uh, has, has come out to have, have had uh, years uh, of sexual impropriety. Uh, and uh, then also as well, Hillsong pastor Carl Lentz, um, celebrity pastor as it were, has also had, uh, looks like a string of affairs as well, extramarital affairs, sexual impropriety. And uh, Ravi Zacharias is, is, is apparently this uh this report uh that was put out by um miller and martin they were uh given the the task to investigate the improprieties of ravi zacharias by ravi zacharias international ministries and uh they put out a report um on i believe it was february 9th i'll have a look at that in a second and uh it is extremely extremely disturbing um, it seems like Ravi, uh, who has passed away, um, suffered under cancer, uh, and, uh, passed away, I believe it was last year, um, uh, six months ago, maybe. And, um, it came out that he had had a rash of maybe 20 years. It's hard to, hard to actually categorize and know of sexual improprieties, uh, mostly connected with um, masseuses, massage um, that he typically took part in. But anyways, that's just to introduce it. Uh, today, uh, I'd like to talk about um, this this current state of evangelicalism as it relates to sexual impropriety and, and the like. Um, we ha- we have a string of of adulteries, pastoral abuse, pornography, alcoholism, um, and 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 although these things are are very wrong with terrible terrible consequences, the, the symptoms seem much deeper, um, and, and the issues uh, that the church is facing is is much more, um, let's say uh, a. a, a deeper under the surface than just these effects that I'm not trying to minimize anything. Please don't, don't get that from me. Don't hit me up in the comments. The things that are happening are terrible. And, um, it, it just, it's, it's really, uh, sad, um, 
it's hard to hard to put your mind around it, but I'm going to try to, let's say, just address it today, see what we can do to address it. So uh, let me just whirl up my desktop machine here. Um, uh, Carl Lentz was fired as well from uh, Hillsong, New York, high profile pastor, uh, Justin Bieber and all these, uh, you know, sort of uh, celebrities uh, gathered around Carl Lentz. Um, and so what we've got here is this report of an independent investigation of sexual misconduct of Ravi Zacharias. And uh, they give the scope of the investigation here, as you can see, they, they give site resources. And I mean, it's, it's really outrageous um, it, it, from things all the way to having a masseuse live with him in an apartment that he rented for 265 days, um, all the way to, and, and this is not, please, this is not cultural, uh, this is not a uh, character assassination. This is in this report released by Ravi Zacharias International Ministries to uncover and unearth the years of abuse that uh, Ravi uh, perpetrated on, on women and um, really groomed women uh, for abuse. He, he, he abused women. Uh, uh, it was, it's just, it's really, really unbelievable. And uh, by, by worldly standards, it's unbelievable. But for Christians or people who claim to be Christians and to claim to defend the faith, it's just hard to believe. Um, it brings people speechless. I read every single page, uh, looked at every single uh, thing. Um, it's really unreal. Um, he talks about the interactions he had with massage therapists, the phones. They had several phones of his that they had access to. Uh, some 200 pictures of other women who were not his wife. And so let's just put this in perspective. Ravi was married. So the things we need to do now on the high, on the back end, just if you're were at all touched by Ravi's life, I saw him several times speak and defend the faith. And um, if you were at all touched by his ministry, pray for his family and the victims of this. We, we have to make a strong statement of opposition to uh, these actions and to say we stand with the victims. We, we support and pray for those who, who, who Ravi uh, abused over the years. It is really uh, a very incredible it's incredible and so i would just say um please pray for those who are affected i i've been praying um and and thinking about those family members his family members uh, his wife he left behind just what she must be going through but but yeah th this is a we ought to have compassion we ought to have compassion now uh, we condemn in the strongest terms everything that that, that he uh, engaged in, uh, paying women. Uh, there was one that he actually uh, manipulated somehow, Ravi Zacharias International Ministry, to pay one of these masseuses $40,000 a year. That's just incredible. Um, so there's, there's systems that were in place that empowered his um, his. Uh, ability to be able to to abuse people um 
then this uh, Lori Ann Thompson woman um, who he also abused and uh, um, manipulated in several ways. This is a, this is a bad story. This is, it, it's, it's so bad. Um, communications with other women. There's just a trail of, of long time uh, abuse of other women. And um, it's really hard to wrap, wrap your mind around uh, but um, photographs of other nude photographs of other women. Um, and so their, their conclusion is uh, our investigation was limited to Mr. Zachariah's sexual misconduct. And even uh, as to that issue, it was not exhaustive. We acknowledge that we have not spoken to all individuals who may have, have relevant information to provide. We strive to balance the need for the completeness with the need for expediency. And we're confident that we uncovered sufficient evidence to conclude that Mr. Zacharias engaged in sexual misconduct. sort of um, the conclusion of their of their investigation what they what they found and what they can kind of say in um, in introduction of their evidence so uh, they said we confirmed one of the three accounts described in the Christianity Today article and found significant evidence of sexual misconduct involving additional massage therapists we also reviewed Mr. Zacharias' electronic devices and found evidence of text and email-based relationships with women who were not his wife, as well as over 200 selfie-style photographs of other women. And um, they conclude basically there is a deep, deep trail of sexual misconduct um, and uh, predatory uh, what they described as predatory, um, uh, manipulative, um, and uh, long-term, uh, a, a serial predator really is what it comes down to. So I'm so sorry for the family and everything that, that, that comes around into that. But, but this is just to bring it onto the table and to say, look, something, something's is seriously amiss. Um, in my opinion, this has happened too often. This is, this is too big of a pattern to overlook in the American church. Pastors, evangelical leaders fall on a consistent basis. It's just kind of the, the question of who's next, in my opinion. Who's the next guy? Um, and, uh, you know, uh, we need to start thinking in the church about, wait a minute, this is too pattern oriented to be coincidence, right? This is something, um, and I hate to use the word systemic, but uh, there's something in this system. We can need to rethink our structures. Something um, is terribly amiss, especially in my opinion, with the superstar mentality. Uh, the superstar Christian is is on stage so much and his ego is stroked so often that I believe he thinks he be he, he becomes untouchable and uh, uh, and or 
the secret lives of these people, um, they, they see that they're so necessary for God to do his work that whatever happens, they, and even you see that in the pattern of Ravi's letter, the letter uh, from this uh, organization that did this investigation, they saw that and heard often that Ravi was basically manipulating and, and he was so uh, irreplaceable let's say, to the ministry, to Ravi Zacharias International Ministries, that uh, he claimed, I'm, look, I'm irreplaceable. You can't, you can't even function without me. And that's happened over and over again. So uh, pastoral ministry is challenging for many, many reasons. Most of all, because you're seeking to lead people into a relationship with Christ. Uh, because I want people to know Christ above all things. I'll do whatever it takes unless it's plainly, me personally, will do whatever it takes unless it's plainly unbiblical, unethical, or immoral. But sometimes those lines can become a little blurred, right? With Ravi or with, with maybe with Carl Lentz, I don't know the stories behind it really as much besides what I've read uh, with this um, investigation. Um, it seems like you believe that you're irreplaceable. Yeah. And, and the lines become blurred uh, between um, what's unethical, unbiblical, immoral. And uh, this has been uh, what I believe has happened to many pastors, in my opinion, over the last years is a slippery, slippery sl slope. Um, it starts with small decisions to do the uh, unbiblical or, or, or moral or ethical thing. Let, let me give you an example. Uh, pastors don't decide one day that they're going to steal hundreds of thousands of dollars from churches. Or, or they don't decide one day um, to go have an affair. They take they take one small decision. They, they, they let that, that 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 woman's compliment of their sermon get into their heart and say, "Ooh, she really likes me." Um, I'll give you an ex example in my own own life. Um, pastors don't decide today one day to to uh, uh, use the ministry credit card and and run it up thousands and thousands of dollars for their personal items. They don't decide to de one day to cheat on their wives or their secretary. They make one decision about having a work in lunch with their personal assistant and then decide to have dinner maybe. And then, and then months later, and it just, it, it's one decision that builds up into a lifestyle. And then you justify, Oh yeah. See, I'm just, yeah, just taking this, just doing the next thing, right? Um, a pastor doesn't decide one day that he wants to, to topple over his church with the power structure that he created and, and crumble under his failures and his, and his power-hungry leadership style. He decides to change the church bylaws to get everyone on board with his leadership. Uh, a pastor doesn't decide to become an alcoholic or a sex addict overnight, he gradually slides down that slippery slope uh, because he comes home one evening and wants to take the edge off. And with uh, an unbiblical model of the mega site church, mega superstar pastor who everything revolves around him, uh, those small compromises, um, I've ex seen and experienced it in ministry for years. Men in ministry have to take measures to be above reproach. 
You think David wanted to go up onto his roof and he planned, oh, you know what? I'd love to commit adultery today. I think that's what I'm going to do. So I'll go up to my roof and see what I can see if I can see a woman bathing. No, <laughs> he made one small decision. When kings go off to war, David stayed home. And, and he made that one small decision, that one small compromise. Then he went up to his roof and he made another small compromise. Look, there's a beautiful woman over there. Hmm, I'm the king. I think I might could uh, just give her a call. You know, I'll send my servants over there. And here she is right in my house. Let me give you a personal example of this. Uh, when uh, we moved to California to become youth pastors uh, out there, we were required to register our car within 90 days after we uh, made it into California. Of course, uh, yeah, I waited and was lazy and <laughs> didn't register it in enough time. And uh, I realized, oh, there's a penalty after 90 days. If you've had it in the state for longer than 90 days and you don't register it in time, there's a penalty. And the penalty is money. <laughs> so I um, found that out and I went to go register our car and I lied that I had been in the state less than 90 days to avoid the penalty. I was so convicted though, uh, that I returned to the DMV and, and I was shocked that I said, look, I've got to make this right. You know, I, I've got to, um, I lied on this form and I need to tell you the right dates, uh, because I've, I've misspoken. I've uh, said the, said the, said a lie, not said the truth here. And the person looked at me like, are you crazy, man? You need, you know that you're going to get a penalty. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, let me just pay the penalty. It was several hundred bucks. It was, uh, um, not an easy pill to swallow. And she said, you know, just, just don't worry about it. You know? And I'm like, no, I've lied. I've missed, I've misrepresented the truth. I need to make it right. You know, lying is not acceptable for us as Christians. And to let me get away with it now that on another occasion, I might be able to get away with it again. And I think, oh, you know, I'll misrepresent here. Then then finally you're cheating on your taxes. Um, it was a hefty fine. It was a tough pill to swallow, but it's a powerful lesson for me. Uh, and through that lesson, um, I've been able to build an honesty in my life in ministry. Uh, uh, later on, uh, in that same ministry, I accidentally used a church credit card for personal use. I didn't I just grabbing a card and wasn't paying, paying attention and uh, realized later, oh, uh, yeah, that was uh, personal and immediately went to our church administrator to pay back what I had spent. Uh, so integrity means what you do, say and think are all consistent with each other. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing I'm not, I don't know Ravi's personal life or Carl Lentz's personal life, but I'm guessing they made consistent, um, justifications for some sort of behavior. You know, I'm going to go meet this girl at the, at the park. And, and, and that's what happened with Carl Lentz. He met some girl in, in New York city and central park, I believe even. And like, look for me in my life, I don't 
have relationships with other women that are not my wife. You have got to have closed that door. Men in ministry, please pay attention to this. You have got to have closed that door that you don't have relationships with other women that are not your wife. Sure, you can have friends, and but they have to, you know, this is a, a really interesting thing. Uh, I, I've i basically uh, been told by my father, father's a, a godly man, he says, Richard, you should not have relationships with other women that are not your wife, and you don't have relationships, and they, and they don't know her, right? You have to have relationships with other women where you relate to that woman together with your wife your friends together and you only have them over in those contexts where you're together. So I thought that was huge advice. I'll just give that to you guys. It's a freebie. Only have relationships with other women that are also friends with your wife. Um, if you're not married, this is a challenging, another, another area where you, you need to really stay consistent and have integrity. Um, you know, I, I would ask you, pastors, um, do you have a living, humble, needy, celebratory, affectionate, meditative, worshipful, loving, and tender communion with Christ? And you say, no, I don't need that. I'm a, you know, don't touch my feelings, right? <laughs> Guys, we don't, we don't have a, know how to get in touch with our feelings. My question is, if not, why not? <laughs> We are meant to have a, a celebratory, affectionate, worshipful, loving, and tender communion with Christ. When you lose that, that's the beginning of the slide. Um, so is Christ, uh, uh, has the ministry become your identity? Or, or do you um, find your identity completely in Christ alone? Is he still your identity? Or do you, as, as I often had, um, uh, given my heart to ministry and, and uh, I had yeah, become a good, pretty good professional minister, that those two worlds were sort of separate. I know what it's like. You've got to, pastor, please, please, please focus more on your needy, humble, celebratory, loving, worshipful uh, communion with Christ than on your ministry. Don't let the ministry become a mistress. So um, I'd also also think we need to rethink the the current state of the church and how ministry is done and, and uh, rethink this superstar mentality, the superstar Christianity. Um, rethink our structures. We need to rethink the whole ball of wax. Uh, we are attracted to superstar preachers. Uh, if he's charismatic, if he's funny, if he's a great preacher, we listen. And and I've actually done it. I've watched a Robbie clip and how graceful he was and how kind he was in, in, in uh, answering uh, some twerps question from Michigan University or something like this, right? You know, uh, he was so kind and gracious and, and, you know, he would sit down there on the, uh, on the, you know, on the stool and kind of mic drop, right? It was just like, boom, you know, so good, so gracious, so kind, but like, wham, his arguments were like, boom, right on, right? Um, 
and 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 this charismatic and fun and funny preacher we've listened to we get you know carl lentz the same way is very uh you know very easy to listen to and very um approachable um but they gain a quick following quickly um in our information rich culture you know you get a, a video boom he's there you know he's gone viral as it were um we're we're also not self-feeders anymore uh, christians have a hard time uh, because superstar evangelical preachers that that we attract to them because we don't know how to feed ourselves anymore we look for other people to do it for us um we have uh sort of innovated ourselves to death mega churches multi-site campus entrepreneur superstar preacher pastor driven ministries are the byproduct of over-engineering church ministry. Uh, and I, I believe they're not biblical models and should die with the pastors who planted them. I'll be honest, when Mars Hill uh, in Seattle uh, sort of passed away, as it were, or, or was actually multiplied into, into uh, uh, several campuses, I was happy about that because I don't believe multi-site campuses are biblical. It puts the uh, the superstar pastor on the screen of every single uh, site. And, and you know, what are those guys doing on those campuses? Those preachers, what are they doing? If we just took, let me just give you a for instance. If we had 10% of the entire population of a church, say a thousand on one campus, and 10% of those guys have the gift of preaching, right? 10%. Out of, out of uh, you know, let's just say 10 guys on that campus had the gift of preaching and teaching. And they're on a superstar, multi-site, mega, bing bong, awesome, uh, you know, type of church. And the main pastor, the lead preaching pastor is teaching on that campus. What are the other pastors doing um, during that time? If their gift is preaching, teaching, they're sitting on their hands. Let me ask you this question. Could it be possible for you to be a disciple of Jesus Christ and consistently not use one of your main spiritual gifts? We're creating disciple-less disciples. If you don't consistently use your, if you're an evangelist, if you're a if you're a teacher preacher, if you're if you've got the gifts of helps, if you've got the gift of encouragement, if you've got the spiritual gift of giving, and you don't exhibit or practice that gift on a regular basis, I don't believe you can be a dis true disciple of Jesus Christ. So, we've got to change those structures. Those structures are wrong. If those structures are wrong and not allowing pastors to use their spiritual gifts. They're sitting on their hands. Then we got to change something. So, um, yeah, we need to re-engineer stuff. We overlook serious moral character flaws or outright sin. Uh, I don't know if you all remember this back in the day. It was the cussing preacher. Um, <laughs> are you allowed to use profanity on the stage in the pulpit preaching the word of God? I'm just going to say, no, I don't think it's allowable according to New Testament Christianity. Yeah, no, let, let no unwholesome speech come out of your mouth. 
Anyways, um, we've forgotten the mandate of 2 Timothy 2 too, especially in regards to empowering and multiplying new preachers and teachers. Instead, those preachers um, and those superstar campuses kind of hold on to their, their pulpits with kung fu grips, man. Um, the entertainment mode of ministry is so enamored uh, the church in America, it's hard to imagine any other way for the average Joe who's not as gifted charismatically to, or, or not seen or understood to be successful. He's got a 200-person church. Um, the average Joe minister, I want to propose to you, may be very successful and making disciples, multiplying leaders, and planning new churches, but he doesn't have 5,000 sermon views a week, and so we discount him as unsuccessful. We need a new ministry scorecard. That's unacceptable. I would actually uh, say that the 200-person the church is more successful than the mega, super awesome, superstar hype type church because it's producing true disciples of Jesus Christ. Yeah, I'm going on a rant here, but uh, you get the idea. So we need to rethink the whole ball of wax. I, I think uh, there's there's so many things in this. There's so many things to unpack. Um, you pastor, though, talk about this issue with your wife. Uh, we, My wife and I have been talking about it for a good while now. We're open about it. We're trying to be honest about it. We're approaching these subjects. We're shaking our head. We're, we're, we're praying together. Um, yeah. Don't, Pastor, don't forsake personal holiness, though, for a consumer-driven brand of church. It's empty. It's hollow. It's a shell. How can we be a mirror of the gospel if in reality we only mirror the world? My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Ephesians 5 describes how we should walk in holiness as a church. Let me read this in conclusion. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among the saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking. Those are out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, that's an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what's pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. Wow.
be a city on a hill? Why are we rolling around in the muck and the dirt of this world? I'm so sad about these these current trends with Ravi, especially, um, and and Carl Lentz. It's it's really sad um, about this current uh, trend in pastoral and evangelical leadership failure. So that's why I'm 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 doing this to to bring the topic up and investigate some solutions to these problems, these systemic problems that are below the surface. They're, these are just the surface issues, the outworking, the sin. Most of all, we can pray that God would bring us back to soul devotion to him, to repentance and faith, his word. And most of all, I'm praying that God would bring us back to devotion to him, to his word, to his glorious church and the, and the proper government of that church. The hope that we always have, even as fallen pastors, is that the immense grace of God extends even to those who have fallen in ministry, who've sinned, even Ravi Zacharias. I don't know if he had a, a, a change of heart or repentance before he died, but God is sovereign. And even though when we walk through the fire, even in our brokenness and our failures, he's there. And he will and can restore us. He may not restore us to ministry, uh, but he'll forgive and his grace knows no bounds. This, however, doesn't mean that we can treat his grace cheaply or take advantage of it. Thank God. That is the good news that is available to every man, woman, and child. That Jesus forgives sin. It's also available to us who serve the Lord in professional ministry. He's taken our punishment and our wrath upon himself that we might be credited with his perfect record of righteousness. Have you trusted in Christ today? If you haven't, receive Jesus. Open your heart to the Lord and receive his righteousness. He died the death we deserve to die, lived the life we couldn't live, and was raised to life on the third day so that we could have new life and be new creations. If any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. All this sexual junk, all this stuff that we would want to do as normal people is gone in Christ Jesus. He's the only hope to become a new creation. He's the only hope for you and for me. He's the only hope for Ravi Zacharias. He's the only hope for Carl Lenz and all these other guys. He's my only hope. And if we turn in faith and repentance to him, he will make us a new creation. I hope this message was inspiring, hopeful, helpful. Let's start thinking about these things. Let's start bringing this up, being honest, bringing it out on the table not sweeping it under the rug. Let's get it out there. Let's be honest and, and let's rethink everything. Let's rethink everything. If you appreciated this video, hit the like button there. Uh, if you would consider subscribing and appreciate that too, and ding that bell. Uh, if you're listening as well on podcast, any podcast platform, thanks for liking, thanks for sharing. 
uh, and subscribing to the podcast under your favorite podcast platform. Thanks for listening to this episode of Church of Premier's podcast. You can find out more information at my website at richardpmore.net. I also blog at richardpmore.blogspot.com. You're welcome to follow me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at richardpmore23 if you do that kind of thing anymore. I don't know. Twitter's kind of like sketch lately. But you can also email us at churchpreneurs at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. If you have any ideas for a podcast or any comments or questions, please reach out on one of those platforms. God bless you. Until next time, take care. Bye.